What's up, everybody? It's Lo, your host, and the rest of the Vols ATV crew, Brando, Alex, and Drew. Um, tonight, we have an awesome guest with us, very special guest. You have probably heard him on The Drive, or he also hosts a number of radio shows, Christopher Gabriel. You guys can find him on Twitter at CG Program. Christopher, thank you for coming on tonight. I almost called you Chris, but I remembered that you don't like to go by Chris. So, <laughs> you know what, um, Christopher, Chris, CG, it's good. The listen, the pleasure is mine. I've followed you guys. I've I've known Brando and Drew. Uh, I knew who Uncle Al was. Lo, I've seen you as well. Um, I'm honored to be here, and uh, I I am yours for the taking, so to speak. I love it. Um, so I wanted you to give just a really quick background on yourself in case any, um, I doubt that any of our listeners haven't heard you, but just in case they haven't, if you could give us a quick background. Sure. I started uh, literally at the bottom. I started radio in Minneapolis. I, I was a call screener for a news talk show, worked my way up to producer. I was a weekend host. I learned how to be a host uh, from a couple of guys at the legendary KFAN in Minneapolis. Uh, I had a Saturday show. They gave me an hour long show. And then uh, I sent out one, back when we sent out CDs, I sent out 161 audition CDs and station number 161, 970 WDAY in Fargo, a heritage station, been there since 1922. They um, they had a couple of phone calls with me. They auditioned me for five days. They brought me up there. It was six great years. I'm here to tell you, Fargo, the city is not like the movie. It's not like the TV show. There's not bloodshed that I know of. Uh, but it's uh, I went from there and then moved to California because a station in Fresno brought me out. I was at ESPN Radio for four years. I hosted the pregame show for Fresno State football for four years, years game day live. It's a smaller 3,000-person version of, co of uh, college game day on ESPN. I'm now at KMJ. Uh, when the number one station in the market comes calling, you go to them. So I do news talk. I mean, uh, I do a new show during the week, but my show on the weekends is kind of sports and everything. And then I have the great pleasure of coming on a show like yours or Fox Sports Knoxville and a lot of other uh, sports stations around the country. So it's great to be here, guys. We are literally so stoked to have you on. Um, and thank you for taking the time. I know you don't have a ton of time, so we're going to go ahead and get started. I think we're just going to do like a go around in order, kind of bring up some topics and let you run with it. <laughs> let's Brando, let's roll. Let's go. Yeah. For a lot of people that don't know about uh, CG, CG is always a guy that's always brought the energy. I guess I wanted to go ahead and hop in straight up. CG with Tennessee football, I guess, being like, you know, one of the top trending things right now in the offseason. They've kind of filled a kind of needs in the transfer portal. You've added, you know, Gerald Mincy, uh, Wesley Tucker, uh, guys like Andre Turrentine, and just kind of filling some gaps. Maybe you might get another guy and another running back, Ramon Foster or Ramon Jefferson, who they're pursuing now. What do you see in year two for Josh Heifel going into year two in the SEC for a, a guy that's, you know, had a great year one, but, you know, has to take it to the next notch to secure a new recruiting class? I, it's a great question because, when, first of all, when Danny White got hired, I was all on board because Danny White was here in Fresno uh, for a while, so I knew about Danny White ahead of time. A lot of fans, a lot of Vols fans were a, a little bit, uh, you know, pulling back. Like, I don't know about this guy. All they needed to do was go to UCF and see that he basically took that entire athletic department up two or three levels. That whole stadium, all the renovations, everything has been Danny White. When Danny White got here, he understood that the kind of offense that he wanted to have here. And irrespective of whoever else he was 
looking at. He knew what he had in Josh Heupel. He had a guy who was a great competitor, uh, a guy that is an offensive genius, and a guy that you know knew how to assemble a staff. So what we saw last year, uh, gang, was a, a, a team that finished what seven and six. But I think we all would agree, and, and as objectively as I can be, and I mean I'm a Vols fan just like you, but they could have won the pit game. They could have. They, they should have won pit game. They should have won the Ole Miss game. They should have won the Purdue game. And, and all of that is what we're looking at for this year. We have an offense. We have a guy like Hendon Hooker and all the pieces around him. They know the speed of this offense. They know the complexity of this offense. They, they have the timing down with each other. And now talking about recruiting, look at the, the number of five-star and four-star recruits that are looking at Knoxville. For all the Vols fans that always want to say, you know what, that's overrated. The hell with that. It's overrated. If you want to beat Alabama, if you want to beat the Ohio States and the Clemsons on a regular basis, you better damn well have on the team. I'm not saying that there aren't talented three-star guys out there. There are, and a lot of those guys are underrated. But now, a lot of these guys, because of Josh Heupel, because of what these recruits saw last year, they're remembering this is a big-time football school. This is a cathedral of college football in Neyland Stadium. This is a stadium that shook that you watch those old replays and that stadium, we've all been in there when that place uh, shakes. So a lot of these guys are getting excited now, like, wait a minute, I never thought about Tennessee before. So for the fans that are wondering what's going to happen this year, I expect Hendon Hooker uh, to be even better than last year. How does he do that with 30 touchdown passes and three, and what, three uh, interceptions? Uh, you start hitting deep balls. You start having guys a little bit better timing. You have guys with a little bit better skills. And when you have a Jalen Hyatt that, that hopefully is healthy and some other pieces, you have a running game that's going to be uh, you know effective and powerful. I, I think for year two, the sky should be the limit. This team should be no worse than nine and three this year if they can stay healthy. Yeah, and to quickly uh, follow up with that real quick, you got you being out there from Fresno, you know, talking about having to hit the deep ball down there. Tennessee, you know, picking up a final pickup kind of late in the cycle, the transfer portal. Brew McCoy, a receiver out there in USC that had his problems at USC. You kind of probably know more about Brew McCoy being out there on the West Coast. Can you kind of tell guys at ATB and the viewers at ATB what we're getting in Brew McCoy? Yeah, so you're so Brew McCoy, here's a guy that he, he was going to go to SC, right? And then that didn't work out, so he goes to Texas. That didn't really work out, so he comes back to USC. And, you know, he had a domestic violence thing. He had some, he had some issues. I mean, and and he cleared those up, charges that nothing was filed. So he had a clean slate. He's a guy that's got great hands. He's got outstanding speed. I'm not going to say that he's got just blazing speed, but he's got deceptive speed. He runs fantastic routes. If you throw the ball anywhere near him, he's going to get the ball and he's going to make guys miss. He is a guy who I think opposite Tillman, this could be the best one-two punch, objectively speaking, in the SEC. He's a big dude, um, but he's he's fluid. You know what I mean? He's fluid. Um, he reminds me a little bit of a guy back in Spurrier's day, uh, back in the mid-90s named Ike Hilliard. Uh, he just reminds me of that kind of a receiver. So I, I like what he's bringing to, to Tennessee. And I tell you this, Brew McCoy understands that he has some stuff to prove. Because the rap on him has been, he's looking at the grass being greener somewhere else. SC, Texas, back to SC. So I think he's coming into Knoxville, uh, especially with what Velas Jones told him all about Knoxville. And God bless Velas Jones for basically saying, bro, this is the place you want to be. 
He's coming in with a little bit of a chip, maybe a bigger chip on his shoulder and saying, I'm going to be here to show y'all. I want to get a y'all in there for you guys. Uh, uh, he's going to he's going to be in uh, coming into Knoxville uh, with that chip. And, and I think that he is going to be a real playmaker for this football team, for Josh Heupel and for Hendon Hooker. Yeah, the uh, the whole idea about around Brew McCoy has been like he's changed his body. You know, year one he has maybe like ten receptions, you know, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. If you look at his highlights, he was like nothing really major, crazy, but you still saw that potential in him. Kind of buried down the depth chart year one at USC under like guys like Drake London, who just went top ten in this year's NFL draft, and then last year not playing obviously, but uh, legal wise got his name completely cleared. You know. Deciding, I know Lincoln Riley really wanted him to stay out there and kind of join him in his USC journey. Decided to still make the move with the Vols, with uh, the connection with Vilas Jones and Trey Johnson and some other guys at USC. I just think that that piece right there, you know, you kind of miss on some guys and Jalen Robinson, Isaiah Nayor, he kind of went his way. But to have that guy and Brew McCoy on the outside, I think that people don't realize what we're kind of getting in that combo. It's going to be a, a really crazy combo coming out. Yeah, it's a good point, Brando. And, and I'll say this. I noticed a lot of folks on, on Twitter and whenever I've been on some other shows, uh, a lot of folks like to focus on, well, we lost this guy. No, we didn't get that guy. Let's focus on the guys that we do get because the, because nobody, I don't care if it's Nick Saban. I don't care if it's Napier. I don't care who, if it's Ryan day, you're not going to get every guy. It, it's just not going to happen. But what you're going to see is you're going to see a collection uh, of more big time top shelf five-star top of the top of the line four-star talent that's finding their way to Knoxville there's a lot of guys that are finding their way to Knoxville now that probably had no idea that you've got a really good school you've got a gorgeous campus in a beautiful setting you have a great stadium fantastic facilities I mean I've toured Oregon's facilities and I'm here to tell you Tennessee's facilities don't take a backseat to Oregon. That's not a knock on Oregon, but that's always the rub, right? Ah, we got to go up against Oregon. They've got those Nike that Nike money. Tennessee's not running broke, okay? Tennessee's, you know, you're not doing three Krispy Kremes and a cup of coffee at night with Tennessee football facilities. You've got top-shelf football facilities, and guys are starting to discover that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, if you, you need, need proof of that, you just look at the Memorial Day weekend list of visitors coming into Tennessee. It's absolutely crazy oh, what's about to yeah. be happening here this weekend. Yeah. I'm going to pass it to Drew so he can get his questions in. But what Josh Heupel is doing right. is undoubtedly, you know, uh, what the, it's taken, the nation's taking notice. You go to 24-7 sports on three rivals talking about Tennessee and Josh Heupel. And I think any publicity is the best publicity right now in this kind of early stage of this kind of dynasty. So, Drew. Agreed. Yes, I mean, while football programs on the rise, the baseball program is at historical highs that we've never seen before, as you know, CG. I just want to get your thoughts on what this unbelievable baseball season that we've had. But one thing that's really stood out to you and what's your predictions for this SEC baseball tournament, if it happens, of course. Of course, yeah. First of all, I, I have to say, Drew and Lowe are really very well lit. It's like you have you must have professional lighting that's sort of lighting you guys up. It's very <laughs> impressive. It's like Lowe is like she's like got her own spotlight here. Like everything's darkened behind her. It's very nice. And, and Brando's got sort of like the extraterrestrial thing going. It's like a little bit ghosty like it's, it's very cool. And Uncle Al, you know, Al's just got he got the halo over his head happening there. So that's very cool, too. Uh, um, I, I tell you what, uh, I never thought that I would see a baseball program quite uh, at Tennessee, quite like what's happened. And and it's it's Tony Vitello, right? I'm, at, I'm not breaking news here. It's Tony Vitello. And I, I, when you have fans and players 
Play, forget the fans. When you have an Arkansas post-game press conference where you've got the guys up on the podium referring to Tennessee and what they did that night, okay, living rent-free in their heads, right? Um, this program, this team has got everything. They've got hitting. They've got pitching. They've got relief, relief pitching. They've got defense. They have turned the fans on. Can you imagine what football is going to be like this fall with this baseball crowd? Um, this team, this program... I mean, they've not won. They've not won an SEC champion attorney championship since 1995, and I think knowing that we were going to talk about this, I wanted to hit on that for a second because for a lot of years, Tennessee athletics has gotten to the stage and they can see the spotlight, but when they get to the spotlight, they haven't really known what to do. As a as a parallel. Look at three schools out here in California, USC, UCLA, and Stanford. I understand it's a different situation, but those three schools have all won over 100 NCAA team championships, albeit that these are a lot of Olympic sports, non-revenue sports. But when you get in the tournament, you, you have to step up. This is where Tennessee needs to step up. Tennessee, all this stuff about we play better with the chip on their shoulder. The hell with that. Stop playing with the chip. You know what? When you're a player coming in and you feel like you've been disregarded, bring that chip. But when you are a team as talented as Tennessee, screw the chip. You go out there and you play like the number one team in the country, and you go out there like I'll use Spurrier again, his mid '90s Florida teams, or when uh, 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 why am I forgetting his name um, at Ohio State, Ryan Day. You know, you go out on the field, you expect to win. This team, because of Tony Vitello, they expect to win, and that's why they play the way they play. My concern with the SEC tournament. First of all, is are they going to get games in? I mean, the weather's been bad down there. But I think the delicate balance that they're going to have right now is making sure that they've got their pitching set up, everybody's getting the right rest, but that because of weather, if they if they start to screw around a little bit, Tony Vitello is good enough and experienced enough to understand, I, I got to look at the big picture. Because the big picture right now, the bigger picture for this great Vols baseball team is not so much Hoover, it's the regional in Knoxville, and hopefully, ultimately, the super regional. You want to set everybody up for that. And the reason I mentioned that, it's a long-winded answer, and I'm sorry. The, <laughs> the reason I mentioned that is because in 1999, college baseball, the NCAA tournament expanded to 64 teams. That was, in 99, that was the first year that seedings were handed out. The Miami Hurricanes were the number one seed. Miami Hurricanes won the College World Series that year, and they are, to this day, the only number one seed to ever win the College World Series in Omaha. So it's something that, you know, we, we sometimes we put too much on records, too much on stats, but there's something to that. And I think, and I think, and to bring this full circle, the thing is Tennessee historically has not always stepped up to the plate in the big moment, but I really believe Tony V, Tony Vitello is the kind of guy that will have these guys eating glass and breathing fire and be right at the at the correct emotional pitch to play to the best of their ability. I mean, they should whether they come out of knock out of Hoover or not with a, an SEC title, they're going to be in Knoxville. They're going to be a number one or number two seed nationally. I fully expect this team to be in Omaha unless they completely collapse. Uh, this team right now is is such that. If they don't win a national championship, I'll go ahead and say it. This season is a fail. Forget the big record. Forget their early winning streak with the one loss to Texas and then winning a whole bunch in a row. You, you, this team is set up to win the national championship. Go and win the national championship. Right, that was well said after that. I don't have anything else to say. That was beautiful. <laughs> All right. I feel like 
it, it's like complete domination. I mean, you look at the uh, the Auburn game, like the game one or game two of that game, where it was like four two, and then Tennessee comes up there and puts seventeen runs in one inning. Then we in the Mississippi State <laughs> yeah. in their in their stadium just this weekend, you know, twenty seven to two in game one. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, you know, a series they thought Tennessee would let up before getting into the tournament. Tennessee didn't let up at all. They go out there and they sweep. So it's just crazy. So, And, and you know, I'll throw this in as well. And, and I know that I'm preaching to the choir here on this. A lot of fans, a lot of Vols fans, you know, get into it, right? Get into it with Arkansas fans and get into it with, Van, I'm sorry, the Vandy boys fans, you know, and, and all that stuff. But – Fans just need to shut out the noise and stop worrying about the noise because all these, oh, they're bad for baseball. They're terrible for baseball. It's kind of like the enforcer on an NHL team, right? You hate the guy. You want to spit in the guy's face. And then you hear your team's traded for him. And it's like, oh, I love that we got that guy. Oh, I love that guy. I'm so glad. How many of these fans that are moaning and whining and crying about the Vols and the way they play, how many of them privately are saying over a beer and a burger, Man, I wish that was our team. Man, I wish I because anybody who says oh, I don't want my team to play like that, they're friggin' lying. Okay, they're lying. That's a bunch of nonsense, and we all know that. Thanks, CG. I just wanted to check on time and wanted to make sure that we were respectful of your time. Do you have a little bit more left? I okay. do. I got a little more left. Yep. Okay. All right. Alex, do you want to go real quick? And then I've got a question or two and then we'll let him get on his way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm actually going to switch my question. We had somebody. I wish I could, I wish I could do a whole hour with you tonight, but I have a guard. I think, Oh, I'm sorry. I, was, I wish I could do a whole hour with you, but I have a daughter's graduation event tonight. That's why I have to pull out early. Sorry. Go ahead. I understand. Oh, you're good. Hey, we just, we just appreciate that you came on for any amount of time. Honestly, you, you've been a blast and you've been on for 20 minutes. I'm having a, an absolute ball listening to you talk. You, you've already, you've already got me chill bumps right listening, talking about football season. So, I mean, I, I'm listening to every word you say. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, the question comes from Twitter. It comes from uh, Jordan Matthews, 21. He says, is this the best time in the athletic department in recent history, counting football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball? Yeah, I think Jordan's right. I mean, you know, you go back to the 90s, not the 90s, you go a little bit further uh, when the when, uh, you know great and, and uh, sadly uh, not with us, Pat Summit was here. You had Bruce Pearl, you had Pat Summit, you had Phil Fulmer, um, you know, I mean – you had a time or, and then Fulmer going into, you know, moving aside, there's been good triumvirates of the main sports here, but I can't recall a time when programs, I mean, throw in tennis, throw in women, uh, women's ten, uh, men's tennis, throw in women's soccer, you know, throw in some of the other sports, women's uh, swimming and diving. So much is happening in Knoxville. And you know what? It's about time. This athletic department for years was always at the top or near the top in most SEC championships. And then, the, you know, everything kind of shifted. And every athletic department goes through this. It's just that we don't always notice other athletic departments going through it because we're not really paying attention to all of their other sports. But to Jordan's point, I, I would agree with Jordan. I, or I would say to Jordan, I think that this is the best that I can remember it in a long time. I mean, baseball is 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 king. Basketball. Yeah, we, we cut out of the NCAA tournament a little bit early, but I feel great about having Rick Barnes uh, and the kind of recruiter and the kind of developer of young men that he has. Uh, Kelly Harper, you know, it's going to be, you know, I think she's a, you know, she's a true Lady Vol and a true Tennessee, uh, you know, a VFL. We just need to see a little bit more evidence with her as she moves forward. Uh, softball is always strong. 
I, this is where a lot of fans, you know, I differ from. I, I, I sometimes get concerned with softball that maybe it's time for some new blood. It's not a knock on Karen Weekly or, you know, before that, her and her husband. But sometimes I feel like maybe it's time for a little bit of new blood. But, yeah, uh, again, long answer. I, I think this is the best. This is the best that I can remember, Tennessee athletics across the board. And it's only going to get better, folks. Absolutely. I that's I, that's what I was kind of thinking, too. I just didn't know if that was like recency bias or I hadn't been alive long enough to understand. <laughs> right. But like, honestly, I, I look across the board and I'm like, I get on Twitter and you scroll like five seconds and you see another Tennessee sports account saying like, oh, we're we're in postseason play. Like you were saying with uh, men's tennis, um, like they're always doing something. Track's always doing something. And now, I mean, we're pulling our weight, honestly, like across the board. So it's I mean, it's a, honestly a fun time to be a ball fan. But uh, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a pass it yeah. low, but I think it's a great time. All right. I've got two real quick ones. Uh, the, I right. changed the question because something you said earlier in the podcast has been a debate on here for several weeks. And you said you <laughs> I see Drew shaking his head all freaked out. Um, you said Vols go nine and three, nine and three uh, this upcoming season. Who are those three losses to, in your opinion? I think the law. I think the losses are going to be against Alabama. Um, I think we're going to be more competitive against Alabama, but I still Alabama still just has a little bit too much across the board. I think Georgia because Georgia is still coming back with a lot. And then the third loss, I'm I'm going to say that they're going to lose one somewhere that we're not expecting. Um, I think that they go up to Pittsburgh and win. I think there's going to be 20,000 Vols fans in Heinz Field. It's an easy drive. It's an easy commute. And uh, Pitt doesn't normally do well drawing in that stadium. Uh, I think they're going to not only beat, but I think they're going to beat down Florida. Uh, I just I think somewhere in the mix there's going to be a, a third loss in there. I'm just not sure who it's going to be. So hot take right now, Vols beat Florida at home. Not happening. Just like you guys, you have to stop this. Like this is this is the huge problem that we have. It's like we we say like all right, yeah. take a couple years to build, and then by the time it's August, by the time we're going to ten two. We're going to let one. CG, tell this man that we're beating Florida. Tell him we're beating Florida, CG. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lee Corso on you, Drew. Not so fast, my friend. Um, here, here's the thing. I'm a little older than you, just a little, um, and. I, I feel what you're saying, man. I, I really do. Because I've had too many falls where it's like, this is the year. This is the year. And then this isn't the year. It's it's And it's a disaster. It's always, it's it's somebody on Florida that who is a no name that becomes a household name that night. It's a crazy interception and an eight-yard return for a touchdown. It's a block kick. It's a bad penalty. It's a dove flying out of the sky that hits the football, an incomplete pass that would be a winning touchdown, and we lose. I am here to tell you, I am tired of our fan base acting like victims. Woe is us. Poor little Tennessee. Whoa, whoa, whoa is us. We, Drew, Al, Brando, Lowe, and everybody listening, we need to shake this. Hold on, Drew. We need to shake this (laughs) and remember who the hell Tennessee is. Because Tennessee's top 10 all-time wins used to be top five in bowl wins and bowl appearances, still top seven, top eight. Tennessee needs to remember they are Tennessee. And they need to play that way, and the fans need to act that way. We need to stop acting like little pansies and, and oh, we're, we're going to lose again. No, we need to act like we're the king of the mountains, even if we're not, because we, that was one of the problems that Steve Spurrier did every year and Urban Meyer did every year. Tennessee went on the field. I'll take you back to 1995 or six. I forget which year it was. I was in Neyland, 
and 20 game minutes into the game in a driving rain, it was 35-0 Florida. Spurrier went for it on fourth and seven from the 37-yard line of uh, in the uh, Boss territory, fourth and seven, and they, he hits. It was either Ike Hilliard or I forget who it was. And the game, my brother-in-law leans over and he goes, that's game over. And I said, yeah, yeah, it is. The reason is Florida always expected to win. We always went on the field hoping to win. And I remember the Sports Illustrated article that came out the following week. It was a Florida, I think it was a defensive end, who said, and his exact quote was, can you believe it? They thought they were going to win. Well, that's the problem. We thought we were going to win. We're hoping to win. Maybe we got to later for that. It's time to act like Tennessee and go out there and play like the orange and white down the field, Rocky Top, and go out and kick some serious ass. CG, that is the ass. That is the ass kicking that Drew needed himself. So, historically speaking, we've always lost to Florida. So, I mean, you know, there's your rebuttal. Historically speaking, we haven't always lost to Florida. Historically speaking, uh, are you talking about the entire history? No, but but recently, you're right. Recently. Well, first of all, okay, historically speaking, they lead the series against us, too. Even the best teams that we've ever had in the 90s, they always won. With the exception, I think, maybe three times in the 90s. Not always. The 90s, they won. Right. So I'm, even the best teams that we've ever had, they still find a way to win. I'm Even with the worst teams Florida's had where they've lost to Georgia Southern, they still beat us. Like, yeah. So I think it's a very yeah. valid argument, CG, that we're not going to win this game. <laughs> Yeah, listen, you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong about talking about Florida in the 90s. Um, I was at just about every one of those games. Um, most of the home games, well, all the home games and a couple of the road games. I was there for the tragedies. I was there uh, when the Vols in, in Gainesville to run Florida out of the stadium in the first half and then a fumble that went into the end zone at the end of the first half and then the skies opened up literally pouring rain and Florida scored something like five. they're still scoring from that game they scored like 48 points in a row but I was there in 98 when that you know when you know we beat them in overtime 2017 and then the field was a sea of orange and white I mean I remember that so you're not wrong all I'm saying to you Drew and Al and Brando and Lowe and everybody uh, watching and listening tonight all I'm saying is the only way to change this is to change the mindset. And it's not just with talent on the field. It's not just with great coaching schemes uh, on both sides of the ball. It's not just with a great crowd with noise or what have you. There's got to be a mindset change that starts with the top. It has started with Hypel and it filters down to all of us. There can't be this. We put Florida up on this pedestal and they've earned the pedestal they're on, but we don't have to go and genuflect to these guys. You know, we don't have to. It's not doesn't have to be David and Goliath. You know, it, it's Goliath and a soon-to-be-again Goliath, but they have to believe that. And, if and Drew, if they don't believe that, then you're right. They're going to keep losing. We're going to keep losing year after year after year. That's all I'm saying. I love – that was the fab – that was one of the best strands ever. I do – I don't know if you have time for one more question. It's an alumni of this show, Dr. Vol, who submitted a question. I and love I, Dr. I, yeah, he's been going through some really tough stuff, and, and I, I just uh, – uh, just a lot of love and prayer to his family. I know he's been going through some real difficult uh, – from my family to his uh, – just much love and prayer to him. Absolutely. Um he asked, he wanted to ask you specifically what adaptations that you expect from the offense this year as the defense has had a year to adapt with film. Um, 
on the offensive side of the ball, I, I really expect to see uh, a little more emphasis on the running game to open up the passing game even more. I, I, I think that Josh Heupel is a guy, you know, when he was at Oklahoma as a player, and I remember him as a player, they always had great running backs on Oklahoma's team. Mm-hmm. And it, for as much as he aired it out on that team, look, they, they had guys that could take it to the house on a simple up the middle, on a simple trap play. So I think that what we're going to see is a little bit more emphasis on the running game. But we're going to look for, uh, I think, expect to see Hendon Hooker, because you know they're working, uh, expect to see him try to stretch the field that much more. I, I think that Josh Heupel understands. Uh, Saban said this a, couple, a year and a half ago. He said, look, the game has changed. If I have to beat somebody by dropping 60 on them, I'm going to drop 60 on them. And I think Josh Heupel understands that, and he has the kind of offense that can do it. Defensively, uh, they they simply need more talent, and they've gotten more talent. And I think we're going to see a more aggressive defense. Uh, I think that if this team can show uh, a little bit stronger on the back line, because how many times did we watch receivers – Purdue comes to mind, getting behind our back line. I think that that has been a point of emphasis this fall. And if they keep guys in front of them, I think we're going to see a lot better defensive uh, schemes game in and game out. So I'm expecting uh, some adjustments in the secondary and some adjustments with using a little more run to open up a lot more prolific passing. Absolutely. I just wanted to say real quick, I greatly appreciate you coming on. It's been an absolute blast. I'm so ready to be in Neyland this year. Um, I would love to have you back on for as long as you would stay on because you are a trip. So much fun. Well, listen, to all of you, uh, I love your show. As I've watched it before. And anytime, you know, this was one Wednesday that just became tight for me with time. But anytime that any of you want to invite me back, I am good. And if you want me to stay for a longer period of time or a shorter period of time, it will be my great pleasure to join you. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys be well. Go Vols. Yes, sir. Thank you. Go Vols. Vols. Dude, probably our best guest on the show yet, in my opinion. I told y'all in the group chat, like, CG, listen to him on the drive, like, after all these years. That guy is as diehard as he gets. Absolute legend. Oh, that was that was ridiculous, man. He drew in his damn place. Pine, that, pine, I'm, he had no valid argument after I told him that the Bears that we've had, we still lost to Florida. So, dude, I'm gonna put on that rant to like go to sleep tonight because <laughs> oh, you yeah. got. Hey, he he just he just got me ready. To like put on put on the pads and a helmet and go play. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to play a game right now just for what he's talking. He's a hell of a hype, dude. He's a hell of a hype man. Honestly, absolutely, golly. <laughs> I mean, so we beat Florida at home. Oh yeah, CG said it. Yeah. Drew, just get used to it. He said, he said, don't play victim. He said, get used to it. You gotta talk the talk. Yeah, just adapt, Drew. It's time. (laughs) Just adapt. I need to adapt. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on, man. Unbelievable. This this case of DVD you have, man, it's just crazy. I I can't believe it. He's got me over here. I gotta pour another glass of wine. I'm. Well, that's all right. Yeah. So we're all good. So that's funny. I can't hey, mine. He did. He did bring up a good point, though. Um, definitely, definitely, just want to shout out Dr. Vall and just say that, like, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Um, I know he he been like uh, tweeting about it, and then he is also saying like, sorry for the sad posts and stuff. But like, stuff is bigger than than entertainment, and stuff is bigger than sports and stuff. So I just want to say, like, on behalf of us that we also want to extend our condolences to him and just say that we're thinking about him and praying for him as, 
as a alumni of the show and and all that good stuff. So DR, praying for you, and we're thinking about you. So absolutely yeah. love DR, great guy, legend. Um, absolutely enjoyed the interview. I was glad that his question got asked. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, he, he proved a great point. Uh, Josh Heupel and his offenses from all the way from Oklahoma to UCF. Running backs, they've been key. I've brought it up on the show. I think Josh Heupel, everywhere he's gone, he's had like three or four running backs, having like 70 carries or over 50 carries a season. So he likes to spread out the ball to his backs. Uh, to have the run game open up and the ball is going four wide, like we've mentioned more in the season, you added Brew McCoy, a guy that CG told us he expects to be, you know, a guy that blocks out the noise, shows up when season comes around. I just can't wait for a – we saw what it was like, Ole Miss, you know, year one against Ole Miss. Year two, Florida finally comes to town the first time under Heifel. Drew's going to be sick leading up to the game. But I, I really do think we go in there death-wise. Uh, so you're going to be sick. You're going to be – You're gonna. this game is going to make you sick going up into the game. Well, if I'm going to be sick, it's probably because I had 27 bush flies before <laughs> to the upper deck. So, but – my God! I, I mean, I will admit, like that atmosphere. Like, I've already got my tickets. You know, the new party deck. Oh my! I'll be there in the party upper deck over there in Double P, row thirty. So I'll be over there with all the rednecks, praising hell, you know, praising Dale. But it's going to be the best atmosphere in years, in like in that stadium, like for that Florida game. Like, uh, I, I genuinely believe that, and I hope to God that's a game where it's checkered kneeling at night. I really, really believe, like, if it's not going to be a 3.30 CBS kickoff, which I hope to God it's not, that's going to be so miserable. No. It'll be a 7.30 kickoff on ESPN. And I really think it's going to wind up being a night game. I hope so. I, I can't stand the 3.30 because it's like, well, 12 is the worst because you got to get up at, like, 7 a.m. and start drinking. But, I mean, which isn't that awful. But still. <laughs> um, it's, wake up, drink. All been there. <laughs> Well, it's exhausting. I love the night games because you get to, like, enjoy it more and it's not so rushed. Mm-hmm. So that one deserves to be a night game. I don't know yeah, why this- I'm so hyped for, uh, for Ball State. Sorry, Alex, but I don't know. You're good. My game. I was just going to say, you're right, Low Noon kicks, noon kicks like, you feel like you show up and you got to tailgate immediately. Like, you you got to, like, get things going immediately. So, like, once you got them 7 o'clock, you're like, all right, I can, like, show up like hang out a little bit, then we can start like doing our own thing, whatever. But y- y'all know Florida or CBS has had us on lock at that 3.30 spot with Florida for a while. So yeah. mm-hmm. I, that that one, I will say, Drew, I just come to accept that one that we just going to play them at 3.30 on CBS, but I won't accept the loss. That, no, no, I'll accept neither. So <laughs> I'll accept neither from your uh, – we're not playing on 3.30, okay? I'm pretty sure – I think it's like Arkansas, Texas, same, same week, that same weekend. So I think they're going to wind up uh, – 3.30, just because I think they play at, like, the Cowboys Stadium every year. But be a night game, and naturally, of course, because – got to bust out the dark We are Tennessee. We will find a way to lose this game and, you know, devastating circumstances. Don't listen to it. I will say if it's a night game, we need to – we could probably host a tailgate at Ronnie for the financials for that. Party day, Ronnie. Open dark the checkbook, movies. Ron. Open the checkbook. Come on, Ron Don. I like to call him Ron Cat, and I don't know why. <laughs> That's all right. Well, when I meet Ronnie in a couple weeks in Atlanta for our private meeting, we'll discuss the financials of that. So, open the damn fucking checkbook, Ronnie. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. 
weird. I don't even know what we're doing right now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it takes you a little bit to kind of simmer down after an appearance from Christopher Gabriel. That guy, he comes in your show and he kind of takes over your own brand, just takes it by his throat, becomes the leader of the alpha of the group. So that guy, he never disappoints. We knew he wouldn't. That was honestly out of control. Like, like I, my heart's literally like pumping. That's the thing with CG. It's like it's not like he's coming on as a guest. He is your show. Like he takes the show by the throat and is like holding it hostage for about thirty minutes before he has to leave. No, like, we have we, to- we we absolutely like joined his show for a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that was. He was hosting and we were his guests. Yes. <laughs> Top, top notch stuff right there. That was phenomenal. No, y'all, y'all really were not lying about him. Like he, oh, no, he's a king, a king, and nothing yeah, less. Like, he's like me on steroids, dude. He's like me, hundred percent on like times ten, times ten. Like it's just, it's next level. I'm just, I'm highly impressed with him, but I'm trying to think. I mean, we really don't have shit to talk about with baseball, so I didn't know if we wanted to jump into Brando's big recruiting segment or something. Yeah. Just- Brando. Talk about Volapalooza that's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Volapalooza. I don't know where that name came from. Was it uh, Wolf Fong that called it that? I think it was like, well, they like named it for that Wiz Khalifa and like, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a barbecue slash pool party kind of. I don't know, but the list is absolutely like ridiculous. I think it's like one of the best lists we've had in like a while. Um, there's been like over like 20, 30 guys that have announced they're officially coming. You got the quarterback, Mr. Nico. Five star in himself. He's going to be here kind of leading off, being the leader recruiter he's been. You got the offensive lineman that has kind of been all him, Francis Mugayo from IMG over there with uh, Carnell Tate. Uh, you got Shadavian Bradley, the edge rusher, five star edge rusher. He's going to be here with fall commit Caleb Herring. Uh, you know, that's going to be two edge rushers on the side after last year, landed two, two huge guys, two five stars. Big beast guys on the ends. Then you got uh, four offensive linemen. They're all taking the official visits on this week. It's uh, Lucas Simmons, Bryson Sanders, Ian Reed, and Wilkin Formby. They're all taking their official visits together this weekend. I think Tennessee, uh, Bryson Sanders, you've kind of heard that name a long, long time. He's given Tennessee a final visit. His uh, commitment dates next month. So I think Tennessee is going to try to, you know, push there, get in the final driver's seat. I think he's been decided to like Tennessee and LSU. So Tennessee can close there. The Chattanooga native, that'd be a really big get. Uh, you got a bunch of guys. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I can keep going, going on. But I think it's over, like, 24 stars, five, five stars. Like, Tennessee set to host the massive recruiting weekend. I think the biggest recruiting weekend in the nation for this week. And I think this could be a really big weekend on the defensive side and the defensive line side. Just kind of, like, lock some guys down. Uh, if you're interested in the full link, because I could probably go on for, like, literally 30 minutes discussing names. Uh, it's on a vol scoops on my Instagram or on Twitter. You can probably find it down there. I put the full list on that post, but it's absolutely ridiculous. What we talked about with CGP, you know, you do what you did in year one and then you're attracting guys, not only on an NIL front. And I wish we kind of covered the NIL front of Tennessee with that too, but just regardless, like a coaching staff and putting a product on the field. And then mm-hmm. now you're, you're one or you're two to have it be the most talked about recruiting weekend. This weekend's going to be actually huge. So. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and ask the question that probably everybody else thinking. Um, so with, with all those people coming, how are we, how are we leaning uh, or how are they leaning towards us or away from us, I guess? Like what are, what are our chances of getting a decent number of those people? And I guess like more of our higher targets. I don't know. I think, I think the biggest name that they're going to kind of like, you know, give like the Nico treatment to this visit will probably be Francis just because five star uh, 
like top 20 player in the nation, number one offensive tackle, holds offers from UCF or USC, Florida, uh, big NIL schools trying to get pushed there. It's huge that Tennessee is kind of – Tennessee themselves wasn't even kind of talking to him. It was kind of all Nico. So the Nico effect of getting him here on a visit, that's absolutely huge, especially in OV. Or I think it's actually an unofficial, and then he's going to come back for an official. So to get an unofficial week uh, visit on a weekend like this and then be able to come back, give Tennessee Tech a real, real look, sit with the coaching staff because he's only been talking with them. That's huge in itself. Um, you got guys like CJ Allen that are coming back, the uh, top linebacker on Tennessee's board, the side between uh, us and Georgia. I think Georgia, you know, if it, was, if it was right now and he wanted to commit, he'd be a take there. But I think he kind of wants to wait longer, and I don't think Georgia wants to wait on him. So if that happens, that could be a really, really big get for Tennessee on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Bryson Sanders, I mentioned, uh, he wasn't going to give Tennessee a visit again, and then he decided to give us an OV late, late in the end after his Ole Miss visit. So he decides next month that would be a really big get on the line. You got Shadavian Bradley coming in for the first time. I think Steve Wolfong and Austin Price and some others have said the ball sit well there. So you already got Caleb Herring in the boat and then a five-star top like 20 player in the nation, Shadavian Bradley, two guys on the outside, plus you're already in-state D-line. I think that could really shape up the, the defensive side of the ball. But other than that, you kind of – kind of just shaping around if you get Francis that kind of brings in the guys like Cardinal Tate who was you know here for that baseball game he's not going to be here this weekend but balls are really trending there and I think if he decides to do anything it'll be here in the next two weeks and I think that's all balls too so yeah Brenda I got a really important question as well I mean all these upcoming guys are visiting this weekend are we back are we back I I hate this guy are we back I think we can be back. I don't know. You get these guys like locked in. You got to go out there and you still have to have a nine and three season. You know, like if you go out there and with all the hype around Tennessee and the positive news and energy through the off season after like year one, if you don't go out there and at least go like eight and four, nine and three year two, like you can lose some guys. But if like, if it goes like to a shit show, I don't see why it can't be like a class that does get Tennessee back on the right track. Cause if you land Nico Francis, the guys on the O-line, Carnell Tate, and then some other guys on the receivers. Like, Aiden Mizell is going to be here, too. If you pick, uh, pair up Carnell Tate and Aiden Mizell, two Florida natives right now playing in Florida, those two guys alone, like, with Nico, go absolutely crazy. And then a big sleeper pick, you got, like, Trayon Webb, who is a – if he makes it past his Florida visit, the five-star running back, there's a really, really big possibility that uh, Tennessee could get in there and steal him there. So you have to have a good season, but you don't have to have a great season – I think the worst case scenario is like literally flipping on your head and losing the guys you should go out there and beat. But I think NIL wise, like you just got to sell rebuilding to these guys. Like they understand what's going on at Tennessee. I don't know. I mean, I agree with that. Like you don't have to have an unbelievable season. You have to have a fantastic season. Decent season at eight and four with losses to Florida, LSU, Bama, and Georgia is, I mean, let's not sugarcoat. We're not that. losing the Florida. What's going to <laughs> We just had 30 minutes of this, like, for the beginning of the show. You know what? And we're going to have about three and a half months more of it until the game starts. So just enjoy it while you can, okay? Okay. I'm just letting you know our YouTube feed is sick of your shit. She said, okay. Including Larry. Like, this man awoke Larry. Larry's probably back on there, so. I uh, was just looking through all of the other YouTube comments, like, when CG was on there. Yeah. uh, someone's like, Drew, believe in your team. <laughs> believe? That's what we've what been saying. There, I mean, like, what is there to believe as a Vol fan? Like, and I'm like, I'm the, like, 
in in defense, like I agree that Heifel is much different than all the other coaches that we've had, but I've experienced horrifying losses at home to Vanderbilt, losses to Georgia State, 25 point losses on the road to Vandy, you know, humiliating losses to Florida and Georgia and Alabama year. I think it's pretty reasonable from my end to be a little bit critical and, you know, a little skeptical about the fact of us beating Florida this year. It's not that ridiculous. Drew, if I hear one more skeptical comment, you're being <laughs> Oh, word? Okay. <laughs> I just want to say, how, how are you going to say, how are you going to say that the coaches were different and then immediately go back and talk about how those coaches got waxed by Florida? Ooh. Because you, you was talking about, you was talking about like, yeah, high pool's different than Pruitt. Bro, we were begging. We were begging, hands and knees praying to the good Lord above that Pruitt would score a damn touchdown. Uh, I'm sorry. We were we were begging that man Don't to point on the board, and you like, I know it's the same. Do you like you weren't hyped up about beginning of 2019 about cornbread, you know, getting us back and all that stuff. We all thought that, and we were all foolish because of it. Like that's in you know, <laughs> <laughs> what Chris? Excuse me. Chris said your name. Oh no. I'm gonna but bring listen, some light. I'm, I'm serious, gonna... bro. We were we were honestly begging oh, through it. Like we were just like, listen, if you put some points on the board, you just might win. Like you just might figure out a way to win a game. Apple Apple put up like he he averaged what like thirty some <laughs> dang, dang near forty this year. That's, that's what I'm saying. So after after Hooker that's came different. in, but guys, when your defense is Swiss cheese, it doesn't matter if you score forty five thousand points because they might score forty thousand forty five thousand right back. Just score points if you score more. Than exactly, you win. Exactly. You win. Drew, Drew, believe it or not, we had a Swiss oh. cheese defense and and like a a completely just inept offense. Like our offense didn't even know what a football looked like for a minute. All right. So like it's so, okay. Yeah. I, I feel like we could be fine. I could have all twenty twenty with Russell and Bear. Trust me, I knew that was like in that in that was possible. So <laughs> you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> I was there thirty four. <laughs> you don't have to tell me that. Oh my god! I saw. Well, it. I saw it. <laughs> I want to. I we could go on about this for literal hours yeah. as we have. Break. <laughs> Get that out of here. I'm I'm going to bring a positive note back. We actually did have, like, there's an article for, like, rivals. They were, like, ranking the top, like, 20 players in the nation, like, doing a prediction. Carnot Tay, he just received a prediction to Tennessee. So, Drew, he's not going to like that. But I think the rest of us will going forward for the future of Tennessee. (laughs) What are talking about here? Now you're just, like, now you're just attacking me. I mean, like, of course. It's never never going to change. We could have Miko out there, year three Heisman contender. We could have Carnot Tate out there. 2,000 yards receiving, and Drew would still say we're losing to Florida. So, I mean, it's just – I mean, we had the greatest player in the history of Tennessee football play for four years for us, Peyton Manning, and we still lost to Florida. So, I think it's pretty valid. Like, I don't know. The guy after him won the Heisman, not Peyton. I don't, I don't know. That's right. That's right. So, like, after Hendon Hooker leaves, Joe Milton's going to take us to the promised land. If that's All right, what all right. or whatever and ask Brando, <laughs> um, if Wiz Khalifa is actually going to be on campus. For this <laughs> I, I didn't even know that's why it was called that until Drew said it just on the, the thing. I know there's been like a lot of concerts on campus, but everyone's went home for like summer break. So. If Wiz Khalifa's there in the football facility with the guys, like I don't know, there's a couple guys that you know might do something behind. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's the first say, all, to say. clear up all of these groomers <laughs> we're just spewing over here. Yeah, Ballapalooza, the concert was two weeks ago. 
Okay. Oh, okay. The Yin Yang Twins opened up for them in their after party. It was like Cotton Eye Joe's. Don't ask me why I know that. Um, oh. But, yeah, his concert was two weeks ago. Unfortunately, he's not going to be there. It'd be awesome if he was, you know, but we'll have to, you know, we'll just have – okay, well, you have to stay Chris. <laughs> You can take the boy out the fan run radio, but you can't take the fan run out the boy. It, it's called being realistic, Chris. Okay. Amen. Hey, we might have to get Chris on the show. I, I'm, <laughs> all, hey, I'm all for like, you know, like we could actually have them like call in and like have them, you know, talk for a couple minutes. I think that'd be a great idea. I don't know how we do that, but we have to give them the link and then they have to, I have to kick them out. See, that's the <laughs> That would be the issue is that we, they might talk too long and it would like. Well, with me kicking people out of group chats, I don't know if y'all saw the internet the last two days, but me kicking people out of things is not a good idea. Ah, Shout so, out, Andy. So, of all yeah, I haven't even been on Twitter hardly at all, honestly. So, I missed okay. that. Did you guys see on Twitter yesterday that Ole Miss fan confronting the Vandy whistleblower? Oh yes, bro. That shit was. Unbelievable! That was that was. Oh, and it wasn't even the most annoying one. It was the preacher one. Oh no, he was like, "You are a disgrace to the game." Like this, this, this old Miss Brandon Redneck from Mississippi united the conference as a whole on a great <laughs> loser. He works for Barstool as a thing. Pardon. That man works for Barstool. Does he really? Oh, it's Mitzi. Yeah, Mitzi, yeah. yeah. Still, still stands. Redneck from Mississippi. So fucking crazy. I, I, miss- hope, I pray to. God, if we play at 9.30 tomorrow in the morning that the Whistler, like, misses his alarm clock, doesn't come to the game. I don't want to hear that when I wake Dude, up, like, fresh in the morning. You know, like, he wakes up, like, at 5 o'clock in the morning, like, going to, like, freaking Shoney's for the country buffet for breakfast and, like, getting all ready for it. You know that. Bandy boy? Nah. Hey, hey y'all, th- y'all think his alarm is, his ju- is him just whistling? Oh. <laughs> I feel like he wake up to his own self. <laughs> he definitely gives me for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, he's from Louisiana. Wait, wait. I think he said. I think Chris, Chris bringing a lot of info. I think he says from uh, Mincy, Mincy from Barcelona. That's, that's what I thought it looked. Like. Oh my God! Thank you, Larry. Larry brought up a huge topic on this show that we forgot to cover with C. I was about to get to that. Yeah. I was about to get to that. No, Jimbo versus Nick Saban. The the back and forth rebuttal. Okay, so you know Nick Saban comes out here, absolutely goes at you know. Jackson State and Jimbo Fisher at AM. And, you know, after that, the next morning at 10 o'clock sharp, Jimbo Fisher has a press conference, says that's despicable like 20 times, calls out uh, Nick Saban. And then Nick Saban backs it up. You know, the whole SEC gets involved. That whole thing was a shit show. I still don't know who won. What do y'all guys think? Like, I think Jimbo won for sure. I thought he was absolutely hilarious. I 100% thought he won. That was the bold move of Jimbo, like, calling. Yeah, like like, yeah. First of all, it's the bold move of Jimbo to have a press conference the very next day over it, which is, like, ridiculous in itself. And then started calling Saban God, like, referring to Saban as God in the press conference and calling him a narcissist and everything. I mean, that was the most chaotic press conference I think I've ever – it was almost chaotic as the Pi Cap Alpha butt-chugging press conference that they had 10 years ago when one of their guys got, like, alcohol poisoning. Oh my god! But yes, I I also agree. I think Jimbo won that one because all all like Saban Saban came out and he said his piece right. He's like, I a uh, and buys all their players, and there's a five star down at Jackson State that caught a meal. 
But then all he did, like once he got called out on it by Jimbo, all he did was say, you know what? I shouldn't have called people out by names. So he stands by everything that he said. Like he, he thinks that like people are legitimately cheating at this point, which is wild because we all know that anytime and somebody signs to Alabama, they get a brand new car. All right. Just miraculously, oh, yeah. they all get a brand new charger or challenge or whatever it is. I don't know. But I don't I don't know why. Like, I don't know why Saban of all people is like the one saying stuff when people are the one chasing you. Like people people want to be you. People want to be Alabama. So why are you like, why are you if you're so good? Why are you concerned with like? the little people, quote unquote, you know what I'm saying? It, it's because his little hobbit self is threatened by the fact that this is like leveled up yeah. a play, playing field. That everyone exactly. can aspect. One so, of the things that uh, a lot of people didn't like, kind of like forgot about that went under the radar was the fact that Kirby Smart even made a comment about it. He's like, he Satan's right. Like we should you know, <laughs> respect the integrity of the game. It's like, buddy, you gave Amarius Mims like $300,000 to go to your school when he was committed to Tennessee. So I don't want to hear for a, a nanosecond you acting yes. like you care about the integrity of the game. Like, that is no. pure nonsense. No. Get that, no. get that trash out of here. Absolutely. Like, it's so hypocritical. It's like, I don't know. They've been at the top forever, right? And they think that they're, as he said, they're like, oh, we're God. But then the second that anyone's going to come chase them, they run and they're scared because they know that we're finally able to catch up with these assholes and we are going to be on top. And yes, I mean, Tennessee. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, th I think any, like any kind of talk, like to get so mad at the fact that like A&M had a big class like that, I didn't go name drop them personally. Like I think that has to automatically give the win to Jimbo just because any publicity, especially oh, Nick Saban, you know, just coming out and calling you out straight up and you didn't have to say a lick to him just for him to go out there and publicly like try to shame you that just knows and like tells you like especially a public event like that like you were around multiple people ironically at a bama booster event and was talking about like paying players like let's not act like elias ricks and didn't just get pulled over in like 100k amg under alabama so like it's absolutely crazy that bama or nick saban's trying to act like he hasn't been doing it at bama for years i think that easily has to help uh, a guy like jimbo and his program like recruiting going forward to say Oh, I stuck up to Nick Saban because a lot of recruits actually like on on Twitter were kind of standing up for Jimbo. And that was kind of big, I thought, because if the players mm -hmm. themselves are like going at Nick Saban saying, oh, you can't say you haven't been doing this. And like that just tells you right there. It was bizarre, though, that he like specifically attacks Jimbo, especially considering when those two work together at LSU. Like, yeah, like, you know, Jimbo knows where all the dead bodies are at. Like, you know, what I mean, like he knows where all that dirty stuff about Saban and vice versa, too. So, like. It's just a bizarre move. And honestly, if freaking Jeremy Pruitt's – and my God, like, you know Saban and Jimbo are too. I mean, like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah, like, where did he learn from? We know he wasn't smart enough to come up with it himself. Oh, we know he definitely didn't get that from, from that high school education he got. Larry, Larry bringing it – they literally just moved two in his whole family to Bama. So, like, that's – not even kidding. or a whatever that is. If it makes Alibaba. you feel any better at night, we did the same thing for Garantana and his family. Okay, so hey, we can we can send them. Uh, never mind. I was gonna say they can just go right back. <laughs> they can go right back to North. Well, yeah, I'm good. The thing is with this comment by Chris, he said it was five years ago a guy like Nico would go to Bama to be the backup. It wasn't even five years ago. It literally was two years ago yeah, when three, Bryce Young went under Tua. Tua went under Jalen Hurts. 
and it's been a recycling factory literally for the last 10 years. And, and why the hell would they do that? Just use your brain for a second. Why the car, would they do that? The car, maybe the car. <laughs> with Ty Simpson, who was the five-star quarterback that committed from them from West Tennessee as well. So yeah. it's like, it, like, that's the thing. It's like they're not going there because, you know, mm -hmm. they're wanting to wait three years to finally get their, have their time to shine. Like, mm -hmm. they're getting that guac. All right, they're getting that guac. That's why. That's why they're going. Oh man, that kills me. I just think I'm just glad that Jimbo or someone finally called Saban's stupid ass out for once. That was really awesome to watch. Great topic to bring up. Yeah. We were going to talk about it. Almost forgot. So I almost forgot to leave this part out. I can't also sit here and just absolutely stick up for A and M because we all literally just saw like Drew mentions what Ty Simpson did with us with Bama. Can we not forget like what Walter Nolan just did to us six months ago with AM, like that whole fiasco? So we can't act like the whole thing about Jimbo paying players isn't true. It's damn true. Like we know why we lost Walt. Literally so. every coach in the SEC, one way or another, legally. They're gonna get their guy. Yeah. Legally now. We're all or legally now. Yeah. I mean, we're everybody's paying everybody. So like you know, it's like the argument that, like, one, like, you know, a family member told me last week. They're like, you know, like, I just don't like the idea of the fact that, you know, players are going to come here for an X amount of money. You know what? Fuck that. I would, if it means that we have to give them $50 million to come here and win national championship, I am all, I, I will buy our titles any day of the week. Oh, 100%. I mean, honestly, like, they, they, kids should be making money. They're the product. You know, if you got a product, sell it, make money off of it, because you exactly. don't know how long you don't know how long that profit that product's going to be profitable, right? Well, think of the risk. I mean, you know, if they're trying to get money and they haven't been able to make money up to this point legally, for example, they get injured before NFL, like has happened to some of our previous players, and they are done and their dream is gone. Whereas they have all these tricky decisions to make. Do I stay in college a year? Do I go to the draft? What do I do? Now there's more incentive for them to actually stay and play and get a degree because they can earn money. And for that, I'm all for it. Because it's like they don't have time to work and do shit. No, no not at all. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it I mean, also affects guys that, are, you know, have like legacies of like families that have played at certain schools like, Carnell Tate, he's up there from Illinois, and I know Ohio State fans are going to be sick if and when we do land Carnell. Like, you know, thinking about guys like, you know, Ohio State, Notre Dame up there up north in the Illinois area, and then to, you know, go down there to Tennessee just because not only are you getting a hell of a job on the offensive side, but the NIL benefits to, you know, name, image, and likeness, fire, what's on the table there. Like, I just think we're going to see more and more of that day. Did y'all see the, uh, the Lane Kiffin quote about Bryce Young today? He said, I don't know why Bryce Young didn't enter the transfer portal. He said, if I was Bryce Young, I would have entered the portal because if you thought Jordan Addison was kind of bad, that like Bryce Young entering the portal would have been like probably insane that he could have probably made like 10 times what he's making in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Oh, easily. I don't know yeah. Easily. But I just think that that's going to be. More, see, even to go back to the whole entire saving thing, that's even the more ridiculous thing about his argument because literally Bryce Young got like a $3 million deal from NIL, yeah. like, this past this past offseason. So, for him to, like, say, it's hurting the integrity. You know what? Not a single player came here and signed for the University of Alabama and with any money. <laughs> I was like, bullshit. You're, yeah, lying. You're lying to everyone. Like, it's just ridiculous. Did you did you hear what he said, too? Saban, Saban also said that, like, he was going to have equal pay for every player. 
That is a that is a actual lie. You lying you'll to everybody. You'll see you'll see a bunch it. of clickbait like that because like, we've I'm already saying, seen bro. it. You've seen it with uh, Texas A and M, Texas with their offensive linemen, Miami with Andy D or Ruiz over there with their NIL booster stuff, like trying to offer certain position players certain amount of money to try to you know land top guys. It's all stupid, man, because everyone's gonna be able to come out and offer a bigger offer if they want a guy like Drew said. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's going to be able to go land their top five guys. Everyone's going to have a price, but also it's going to have to be a good fit. It's not just NIL as much as it is. No, I mean, it's it's definitely multifaceted, but it's just like why – again, like like Lowe said, it, it was so hypocritical. Why why are you trying to take the moral high, high ground now? You know what I'm saying? Like why, why are you trying to like act like you are just so superior to everybody? We get it. You've been winning championships for years. Let that talk. You, you have nothing to say. Just, just go in like play. So just shut up. I don't know. It's, it's annoying. It's Say like getting old, and he just wants people to keep talking about him. It's like Pruitt trying to say that he's like a man of integrity. Like it's just like the whole entire thing. Is it's like a man so, of asparagus. You know, I'm a man of integrity. I <laughs> values. You know? I just hope, like this year, we <laughs> talked about a lot with like Rick Barnes. Like we saw all the coaches, the NIL effect, domino effect on really big time coaches and the NCAA of Coach K, Roy Williams, the guy from Xavier. If we saw that with a guy like Nick Saban, I would shake it would shake up the college football earth and the whole game in general. But, man, I would be so happy as a Tennessee fan just because that would be, like, the first coach to go. I'm Going into the pod thing, it just gives us, like, the greatest path going forward. The day that Nick Saban retires is, like, when finally college football is, like, back to what it's supposed to be. He has destroyed the sport. I don't care what anyone says. The goalposts are taken down at Neyland just because he retires. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as Nick Saban retires, I promise that Ronnie Harder will throw his retirement party. Fully funded by Ronnie Harder. It will be there. It will be in Knoxville. So if he's listening, I know he is, he will be supporting that party. Uh, just, I just want to put that on everybody's radar right now, that Ronnie Harder will be paying for it. And Rondon, there will be mattresses that are burned on, on fire. See that? So, <laughs> oh my God, this is cracking me up. Ronnie's like either listening or he's gonna be posting this on Spotify tomorrow. Like, what? Why did God take out like six jobs just to afford all the parties we're making? Him throw? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he is now Larry. That's the thing. Great point by Larry. That's yeah, funny. he's he, it took him forever though. I mean, there's no surprise when we landed a guy like Julian <laughs> Phillips. It's not just football with guys like Miko. It's gonna be I mean, you've already seen it like uh Cade Phillips in basketball, he's receiving more predictions, you know, an Alabama legacy in basketball, and he's you know a 2023 guy that Tennessee's trending really well with. So you're not just gonna see it in football, you're gonna see it in baseball, basketball, like Everywhere. it's gonna be a common factor. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. But uh I guess before we got off, Drew, I wanted you to cover the fact that the NCAA watches this podcast with our conference scenario. <laughs> Last week, we dedicated like 15 minutes to the fact of what we wanted the SEC pod system to be. And I think it was like Monday or Tuesday, they put yeah. out a post of a fucking an idea blueprint of what it can be. And literally everything we mentioned of the nine games was right there. Literally. Word for word, bar for bar. That as far as a full like four pod system of having not potentially nine conference games, they literally said like that was everything that like they that they proposed. Yeah, they, like I am, I'm convinced. You know, 
I am a genius. I know that. So like, I, I can't be a teacher. But they had to be listening. You know, like, you know what? Like, Drew from Hard Knocks on Balls ATB made a fantastic point. Nine-game system, four points. The only way we can really top this off is if we have an SEC playoff with two semifinals and a final. And I would, I would, the only thing I would request from that two semifinals and the final is that for the two semifinals, that the top seeded team hosts a home game. Um, the SEC has just texted me, and they they noted that opinion. So right. <laughs> I, it makes it makes plenty of sense because I know Greg Sankey can't make an opinion of his own. So right, um, it won't be on press release until next Monday. Just just yeah, of course. Cool. Putting that on everybody's radar. <laughs> if you so, if you hear that, like next week, that they're going to have two semifinals and a final starting in 2025 and 2026, once Texas and Oklahoma, you know, joins. You heard it here first. I'm a genius. You don't have to tell me that. I already know that. So, but yeah, you heard it here first. God forbid that he supports his team beating Florida at home, but at least we can get the playoff it's, pod system set up. Exactly. It's called being realistic. Okay, so a four-pod system is realistic. Essentially having three SEC playoff games is realistic. Beating Florida this year is not realistic. So let's just – let's pipe down. Hey, Drew Drew got a Drew got a sign. Focus. <laughs> Sorry, Drew is like in basketball, the guys that like was riding Bruce Pearl until we beat him this year. He's riding Billy Napier over Josh Heupel. It's absolutely ridiculous. No, I'm not. I'm just riding Florida over Tennessee. It doesn't matter. Dude, they could have like Bozo the Clown like be their head coach, and they would still find a way to beat us. Personally, I really don't want to hear about what Drew is riding. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. All right. Noted. That is a new update. Noted. Um, a new update for our game tomorrow. Actually, it was supposed to be uh, 9.30 Central. Yeah. Actually, uh, Texas A&M and Florida was supposed to be tonight. It's been postponed till tomorrow, so they are now the 9.30 game tomorrow Central. So our game against Vanderbilt has been postponed to after that. We might not play until like 12.30 Central, 1.30 y'all's time. It, it, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it'll probably be maybe 4 o'clock best Eastern early school play. Dude, I literally work. I work at three thirty to ten tomorrow, and I'm sick. Uh, I can't believe. Just it. scream it. That's what I do at work. I will like, on ESPN, yeah, but like I don't want to. I rather like you know watching games. I like to sit back and chill. I don't know. I don't know. I'll stream it to the television, and I I swear to God, anytime that we've like had a big game or a playoff or something, I will literally move treatment tables over to the television. And just I get that corner of the office and just make all of my patients go over there so that we can all watch it. That is priority. That's, that's smart. That's good planning right there. <laughs> hey, I mean, we all got to watch it. And they'll come in and they're like, I didn't want to come in here if I couldn't watch it. So this is what I'm saying, Larry. Oh, is that the case? Huh? We're not going to have to bet. Larry, I'm literally giving you an open invitation. And uh, Peter over here, too, I'm giving y'all both an open invitation. When Gator and the Florida week comes around and it's, you know, Tennessee versus Florida in Knoxville, we're going to have a Vols ATV pregame little tailgate, and I want them both to come. And I want this to be a formal thing before the game. I just, I just want to get this all on air because I know by the time this comes, Drew's going to be thinking we're going to win. So, Yes. Like I told you this earlier, though, it would only be because I had about 25 bush lights in my system. So you could tell me anything, and I'd believe it at that point. So. Hey, don't back up from 27. You keep talking, you go talk down to like two. Uh, I'd probably be like 25. He's, like he's going to talk down his prediction, bro. Like, <laughs> so like, 
Okay, so like realistically, I'll probably be like 25 at the tailgate, and then by the time I may get to Neyland, I'll be stumbling for like two or three Dosakis. You're going to pay that $14. Dosakis. I'm not doing it. So. Oh, I'm I not. Really? I'll buy you a beer. You got to have a beer in your hand to watch it, man. It's true. It's true. Jeez. I remember like the old Miss game. I turned around and there was like 25 of those mini Malibu shots just sitting there. <laughs> I was like, holy hey, shit. people bring their shooters in. They, I'll be, I'll be dang if somebody not gonna bring an airplane bottle of liquor in. Like, <laughs> go stuff it somewhere. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, but I feel like I have to say this story because it's so damn funny. The last time that Tennessee beat Florida at home, I was able to get a whole bottle of Jack Daniels in in my clear bag. Oh my god, we love Tennessee. And we won. However. For future reference, I will not be doing that again. That was a pastime event that will not happen again. Yeah. The only way to go after that is just a four loco cowboy boots getting into the stadium. So, oh my really, you really want to get to the next level. Do like what I did for Bowling Green. I, I got in a lot of trouble next day. Let's just say that. So, you did four for Bowling Green? Hold up, wait, what? I went to the Bowling Green game last year and I drank like two four loco before I got in there. And that was, let's just say that was one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life. And that, God, yeah. all three of us could have told you that. And I, I've blacked <laughs> Oktoberfest three times. So that's really saying something, too. <laughs> Each of us absolutely could have told you that beforehand. Well, like I was excited, okay? That was, like, the first, like, season opener I've been to in years, you know? And I got a little carried out, you know, a little carried oh, out. Locos? Yeah, because <laughs> if Drew did that game one of Josh Heupel, you're telling me he's not going to be convinced for beating Florida game year two? Come on. If he can be convinced to drink a four loco, he should be able to be convinced that Florida, that Tizzy will be Florida. I'm sorry. That bowling green game was tough, man. We looked awful in that game. Why? Uh, I wonder who. I mean, I'm not going to say it, but I'm not going to say it. But I mean, there was someone throwing the ball back there. I mean. Right. The guy that's going to lead us to a national championship next year. Can we end the show? Can we end the show? Can we end the show? Yeah. Hey, hey. All right. Isaiah, we're closing out. Uh, good night. <laughs> I just want us to play baseball tomorrow. I, it might not be likely because the forecast looks like dog water. Um, I'm it hoping might honestly be four or five o'clock. What I'm hoping for. They just need to make it single England. Let's get this shit done and go out there and win like two games tomorrow. So. Yeah. Let's see. Tomorrow's Thursday. I got a shit ton of stuff to do tomorrow. I hope that. It's either early. I hope it's earlier so I can watch it at work. Because otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll listen to me and just schedule it exactly around my timeline and everything that I have to do. Because why not? I mean, it's not o'clock that they were originally yesterday. That's awful. Like, be playing till like one o'clock in the morning. Just tell yeah. just tell Drew to ask Greg. He he got him on speed dial. Tell him to talk to the SEC. All right, Larry. You know what? You know what? We'll do that, okay? All right. Singing Rocky Top on the field has to happen. I, I'll be more than happy to sing Rocky Top with you on the field. Y'all want to storm the field? That's just disgusting. I don't know. Or, Larry, how about this? How about you buy me a bush like Cool Beans? How about we do that after the game instead? <laughs> Dude, that place would be good. What a show. What a what show. Close this out, Lou. So much fun. Like, holy shit. I can't believe CG was on here just going out of control. I was getting fired up. Nice. <laughs> I still think so. Thank you, 
about it. And then we all just have to like, we're just sitting here talking about him for like 10 minutes and all. <laughs> <laughs> just like wow, that man was great. DG <laughs> told me as well that the next time we have him on, however, how long we want to have him on, even for a full episode, that he is he is game on it. So we're gonna have to take him up. Yeah, on. I'm so down. yeah we got to get somebody to set you straight. You know what would be one of my favorite is if okay, so net obviously we're gonna do so every well I say every year I've only done this show for literally yeah. one. <laughs> but we're going to go through our big preseason thing where we go through each game and everyone gives their pre- like win-loss prediction, score prediction. I would love to have that. Can, I, can that be a Drew-free episode? Yeah, CG will just come on in, in a place. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, we'll let Drew speak before the Florida game and after the Florida game, but not for the Florida game. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Drew has uh, his grandma calls and then <laughs> The show again, and he we have to put him out later. Okay, uh, you know, like that'd be so hilarious considering, like, after like Derek Dilly lost to Florida, that Derek mom called on the radio station, like, you better not talk to my boy like that. Like, that literally, it'd be wait, yeah. fan, no shot, dude. Literally, after like it was like on Jimmy Himes, like, literally, after like Dilly got his like teeth kicked in by Florida, like on the road, Dilly's mom called on the air and was like. You know, my boy works very hard. You should not talk to him like that. This shit was hilarious. <laughs> Thing ever. Nah, bro. Yeah, you gotta look it up, bro. Like it's on YouTube. It's nuts. Hey, then he went and sat. Then he went and sat on a stool. <laughs> Larry's, Larry's on drugs, guys. Let's Larry, 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 put the crack pipe down, okay? Let's let's not do that, okay? We're not we're not eleven and one. We're not beating Bama. Let's just let's Larry just, off the weed. <laughs> Stay off the wheel. Oh, <laughs> oh, All I got to say for my closing statement is look out for a crazy, crazy weekend. I'd be surprised if like, we don't have a commit or two after like a week after recruiting of the Memorial Day weekend. Still got Ramon Jefferson. He's going to do something soon. Football's looking up. Uh, look, I wanted to mention before, but I didn't mention it with CG. Tennessee is the only school – have an above 500 winning percentage in every major sport. I uh, put that post out there, but no other team, Alabama, no one else. So talking about Tennessee athletics on the whole, always give them a shout out. Only program doing it to the fucking top, baby. Danny White's a king. We're in every everything school now. So, amen. What a time. What, what a time. time. What a show. What a time. What a show. Um, I love that. Good closing statement, Brando. That's a fantastic fact. Uh, sure. We got to give a shout out to all of our Tennessee athletics because we focus on the main ones that we care about the most. However, they're all kicking ass. So shout out to all of Tennessee athletics for the phenomenal job and Danny White and everyone else. I'm good. I had I'm like sitting here trying to decompress from this episode, but I've had an awesome time tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to eat some ice cream. So I'm ready to go. All right. All right. I guess we're done then. Drew, anything else? No. No, I'm going to finish this bush latte that, you know, I cracked open, wash the braids. So get redneck angry over that. So I'm going to go be on my Lala Palooza vibes, my Wiz Khalifa vibes. And, uh, zone out. Yeah. Get a little Gang Twins, Vala Palooza, baby. Got to love it. Hey, I'm going to just go play PlayStation. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> I really don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Probably <laughs> fall in line and go to bed. Do it. Amen.
All right. Well, until next time, good night and go balls. Go balls, baby. Go balls, baby.